You're listening to CinePunk, interactive discussions for film lovers. This episode, keep calm and carry on. Uh, so, as ever, I am uh, your host, Robert J. Simpson. I am joined uh, by Dr. Rachel Kelly. Hello. Uh, we're going to talk about Carry On today, which you're not massively fond of, no, are you? Not a massive fan, however. I, well, I do feel we're kind of torturing you a little bit in some of these recent... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is still payback for the room. It, everything we ever do from this point on is payback See, for the See, pretty much that's what I thought, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry for introducing you to, like, fantastic cinematic tragic... No, nonsense, yeah. Nonsense, people, right? Yeah. Um, ben is uh, with us as per usual, recording and uh, doing all our producing stuff. But he's going to be very, very quiet today. He's decided he wants a, a day off because he's still suffering from having mentioned the room. And we are very lucky tonight. We are joined by Britain's, I guess, Britain, the world's oh, foremost comedy expert, Mr. Robert Ross. Thank you, Robert. That's very kind of you to say so. I'm glad to be here. It's very exciting. A man whose books I've actually bought. Well, bless you. Tonight we eat. That's very, that's very kind of you. <laughs> I mean, Rachel's got books too, but I didn't buy those. No. Buy my books. In fact, one of them you refused to give to me because it's. it's, it's the, I still haven't got your. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. definitely one. There's definitely, there's definitely one, one waiting one. for you somewhere. Yes. But yeah, no, Rob's books I've actually bought on occasion. Fine. I did sign them for free, though. I think didn't I? So I think I've signed a couple. You know, I'm not even sure if I've got I've any of your books. You've got, you've got the place. rare unsigned copy. Yeah, my They're God, worth more. <laughs> they are <laughs> priceless. Those I sign anything. I don't care. I've got no shame whatsoever. Checks, bar yeah, bills, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, just... bar bills mainly. Yeah, yeah, you've done that. <laughs> so um, we're going to start this uh, first thing. To talk about, I guess, is the perception of the Carry On films, um, because I think people have a very clear idea about what a Carry On is. Now, as the one person in the room who's maybe not a fan, um, I'm going to ask you, Rachel, first, what your perception yeah. is of the Carry On. You see, this is the thing, because when we said we were doing Carry On, I I immediately thought of Ooh Matron and Barbara Windsor's bra pinging off, and I just had got this rather weird. That's it, sense basically. Of, yeah, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. Fine, I'm still getting tortured for the room. Fine, I'll watch the carry on. Then I sat down and watched Sergeant, and I hadn't seen Sergeant before. Mm. And I thought, Gee, this is actually kind of gentle and sweet. That's not what I was expecting. Now, yeah, there were a couple of dirty jokes um, and a couple of bits where I rolled my eyes and went, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was expecting. And then I thought, this is an anomaly. So then I watched Carry On Nurse and that's even sweeter. Mm -hmm. That's really quite lovely. And there's lots of lovely people becoming in love and and, and very, very yeah. little sort of tits and, 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 and knob jokes. And yeah, yeah. thought, but, but have I got this completely wrong? But apparently, talking to you guys, that's kind of standard for the early ones well I think people forget they were a 20 year run of films if you don't count Columbus which we will discuss I'm sure which was the sort of the orphaned mm. carry on that came along 14 years after the series came to an end in 1978 um, but there were 30 films in that 20 year period so you know they, they did reflect the shifting sands of, of, of social awareness and culture um, so you know the very early ones the first six were written by a guy called Norman Hoodis now Norman Hoodis was, was a wonderfully sort of um, socialist um, sort of um, feminist sort of person who, who, who would try and drop in sort of social stuff all the time and try and because his wife was a, was a nurse Rita his, his wife was a nurse and he was you know trying to battle against the fact that um, when she was a nurse uh, a trainee nurse she had to get back to the to the dormitory by 10 o'clock because you know matron would sort of like you know dock her some money and this sort of stuff and they treated nurses like you know children really so he would always try and drop in some some sort of you know, um, challenging stuff within all the sort of the innuendo uh, of of the carry-ons but they were they were more risque than any other films at that time if you look at the sort of the the normal wisdom films or, or in the doctor in the house films 
Uh, even those very early carry-ons had a lot more innuendo in there, but they were they were more. I always class them more like an Ealing comedy. There's a sort of good community to them. They're, they're like a, a gang of people, and it doesn't matter about class or, or or gender or sexuality. They're all part of that gang. So you know, Kenneth Connor and Sid James and Kenneth Williams are all mucking in together to make you know something happen. So if you're looking at Carry On Sergeant. You're battling, you know, William Hartnell, but there's a barrack room of, of, of misfits. They all sort of get together and, 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 you know, become brilliant squaddies at the end of the film. And, they, and it's, it's a real sort of community feel to those early carry-ons. As you say, they're, they're sweet and, they're, and they're, they're always very joyously written and, and joyously played. See, that makes a lot of sense to me, what you're saying about Norman Hudis. Um, that I didn't know any of that, but when I'm thinking back to to watching it, um, that that really there's a real feel of that there is of trying to reclaim something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when you're talking about them being like Ealing comedies, yeah, I mean, screwball comedy would have been what came to to mind when I was watching it. There's you know that I I find it hard even to remember any direct innuendo. I mean, the closest risque thing I can think of is when they're you know that fairly predictable sequence where they're trying to consummate their wedding night and they keep banging on the door of Sergeant Grimshaw's bed and so, but they're going to climb into bed beside. They didn't even climb into bed beside him. <laughs> it was all very innocent and sweet and lovely and uh, just. And then there's one there's one line in it which is a which is a belter of a of a joke where it's where it's basically Norman Rossington who's the who's the squad that's that's failed everything for years and years. Oh and years. yes, I love come, that line. He goes, "Here's me excuse marching chit, me excuse webbing chit," and Kenneth Connor says, "Blimey, you're just a heap of chits." Yeah. Now even for later carry on standing, that's pretty risque comedy you know uh, to, to do a shit joke <laughs> in 1958 was was pretty pretty bold um but 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 you know i mean that but they would have to battle with the censor and peter rogers the producer would always tell me that that they would put in some jokes they know would get cut because they'd start bargaining then so okay well, if we lose that one then can we keep that one and we lose those two can we keep that even dirtier one and they would do that and it was a game they would play but those early films did have those sort of those those battles with the censor um but um but yeah but that became the blueprint of what carry on was it it became just you know wonderfully smutty jokes but it was all sort of pinched from musical routines really and vaudeville um mm. sketches and that sort of thing but i mean there, there, was, there was some as i say they were they were they were really cleverly written those those first six that norman hudis wrote they really were not to decry the later films i think Todd rothwell did a brilliant job to to really reheat a load of sort of smutty jokes that had been done to death in in other films and other other musical um sketches but um but those first six have got a very special place in my heart because they are done with such care and social consciousness which which really adds to the mm. to the value of the films i think as a, as a as a piece of work to look back on they're they're very different i mean they, they sit so uh, i think i said to you before we did this that you know for me they're more like satires at times yeah the, the, oh, there's agree, something yeah. else in this this yeah. kind of commentary but sergeant sort of comes out of a completely different world i mean there's no idea at that point that this is going to become a series absolutely not no. it fits into that nice little world of, of sort of wartime comedies mm-hmm. That are very much part and parcel, and and sure. you know this apparently came from a, a, an idea about a ballet company. Yeah, well, uh, to put it into context, I mean, because don't forget, it was thirteen years, only thirteen years since the end of the Second World War, which isn't long at all. You think back to two thousand and six, which seems like yesterday to me. So, so That's thir- never thirteen years ago. <laughs> exactly, it's crazy, right? So, so, so the end of the war. So, so uh, um, people who went to see that film would have had relations who have been killed in the mm. conflict and, and certainly fathers and, and brothers and, and, and sisters who'd served in, in, in the conflict. And I think uh, you're right when you say there was a glut of, 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 um, of khaki comedies, I call them, late 50s <laughs> stuff. So you, you've, got, you've got Norman Wisdom in, in um, 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 oh, uh, The Square Peg. Uh, you've got Private um, uh, Progress. 
uh, Bolt, the Bolton Brothers comedy with Ian Carmichael and, and Terry Thomas. Uh, you've got the, the most important influence on Carry On Sergeant, the, the, the classic ITV um, sitcom from Granada, The Army mm-hmm. Game, which basically, you know, Peter Rogers just made the film, the unofficial film version of. You, dragging in William Hartnell and Charles Hawtrey and Norman Rossington and later in the carry-ons taking Bernard Breslau from that series as well. Uh, and Hammer Films, as Robert will know, did a... Did a, 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 a um, an official an, adaptation. An, an official army game uh, film yeah. called I Only Asked uh, in the year after Carry-On Sergeant uh, in 59. So, so um, yeah, I mean, they were everywhere. You couldn't move for, for sort of, you know, comedians um, doing sort of either contemporary um, uh, army comedies or reflecting sort of World War Two stuff. Um, so yeah, it was a popular sort of genre. And I, again, I think people forget that Carry On Sergeant was instantly popular. It was number three in the British um, box office for 1958, beaten only by Bridge on the River Cry and Dunkirk. So there was a sort of you know a real a real a real a real sort of you know but but you know claiming that sort of that military history and um, and Carry On Sergeant was sat in that group of three just sort of like poking fun at it already. It was it was a, a gloriously well timed film. Um, mm. But you mentioned yeah this Bally thing it was based based on a on a play that no one wanted to make. Um, called The Bull Boys by a guy called R.F. Delderfield. Uh, and Peter Rogers had bought the film rights to this thing. And it's, it's okay, but it's, um, they wanted originally Leslie Caron to be in it, um, playing this, this, um, the Shirley Eaton, which morphed into that, that part. She's a ballerina, and her, her partner, her dance partner, uh, is called up uh, to the army, and, and that's the split, and that's what happens. But um, it's, it's, it's very loosely based on, on the ball boys. You know, See, I, um, I mean, when I kind of first read that and came across that reference, I can almost picture a carry-on film about a ballet company. That yeah, certainly does sound like something they would do. A- absolutely. But this... this, this Starring Charles Hawtrey as the ballerina, that's the kind of um, the carry on that I remember when I, or that I think about when I think about carry on. Um, and again, yeah, when seeing the Charles Hawtrey character walks on screen and carry on Sergeant, I did do a bit of eye rolling. Oh, here we go. We're going to start pick, poking fun at sort of non-hegemonic performance of masculinity here. And they don't, though. Yeah, yeah. Again, they don't. And and um, Kenneth Williams is smarter than everybody on that. And that's it's actually it's, it's actually quite a warm depiction well, of everybody. Gerald, Gerald Thomas, the director of all of the carry-ons, all 31, he really pulls out some nice performances there. I think he got, not lazy as such, I wouldn't say that, but I think he just got into a, into a bit of a sort of, a, a rut, I suppose, where he would just wind up Kenneth Williams, you know, figured with a with a, a key in his back and let him go. And and but in those early films, he does he does rein him in a bit and make him you know give a good performance. And there's certain later films where he does the same. Carry on, Cleo, although it's an outrageous performance, is beautifully you know sort of Shakespearean in scope and it's and it's a well directed performance. Carry on, Cowboy, where Kenneth Williams plays the, the the judge, Judge Burke, is another one where he's actually given a sort of character performance. Mm. Other times he's just Gerald Thomas thinks, oh, you know, we need a good laugh here, so let Kenneth do the the, the mad sort of face pulling and let Sid James put the laugh in. But with um, those later ones, I mean, it's much more that the, the types have kind of come in, and we do. This is where the, I think the perception is that mm. yeah, by that absolutely. point, those caricatures that they play, and if they're not playing a variation on that, yeah. we're a bit disappointed. Well, Sid's last film, Carry On yeah. Dick, which is the Dick Turpin um, thing. I mean, the script's pretty thin anyway, but you can almost see Gerald Thomas just losing his rag with the whole concept of it. And, and he would, you know, encourage Sid to use that laugh. And there's some atrocious dialogue in it, which just about gets away with it because Sid puts that laugh in. 
and you laugh because of the laugh. You don't laugh because of the mm. joke. Um, so, so at that point, they were just signifiers and and uh, and almost like sort of catchphrases just thrown in to, to get the to get the comedy across. But those early ones, I mean, they really were beautifully made and 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 made on a on, on a relatively small budget. I think everybody thinks they were made for for two and six, but I mean, it cost seventy four thousand pounds. Carry on, Sergeant, which isn't a lot of course but but when you reflect that the films that Gerald Thomas and Peter Rogers were making even a year 18 months earlier they were making them for like 10 or 12 thousand pounds so in terms of what they were doing that was quite a big budget film to get their hands onto and um and its success as I said number three in the box office almost automatically um dictated another one would would come around the corner and the when the one I loved Peter Rogers dearly but he was a tricky tricky fella um but I think the one moment of absolute genius he had was not to do another army film mm-hmm. but to yeah. retain carry on retain the cast retain the script writer retain Joel thomas as director and then put it in a different situation so then you've got the whole world at your, you know your disposal you can do carry on anything i think he could he could have done another two or three military ones and then it would just fizzled out by 1962 mm. um but the fact he did carry on nurse purely by the by the chance that he had another script that he couldn't he couldn't get rid of <laughs> thing called thing called ring for catty that he got um that was a, a john mills um play in the west end patrick cargill had co-written it jack beale and peter rogers bought the rights to make this film nobody wanted it so he said oh we do we do carry on nurse i've got this you know script in my bottom drawer we'll use that so it was it was, it was a, a lucky sort of um, um gamble but it paid off I suppose, really, you know, when you're you're talking about the, the context in which these films arrive, uh, what kind of strikes me about the humour is it's very much punching upwards in the earlier films, whereas my recollection of the films in the, the humour in the later films is kind of punching down. You know, yeah. the, the caricatures in that become that little bit more brainless, and and um, the, there's much less. I, I don't want to use sort of big fancy film studies words here, but but much less agency afforded to certainly the women in mm. the later ones. Um, whereas these women are are very much in you know they're in control of the situation. It's interesting. It's, it's, they're, they're, yeah. yeah, I agree with you to an extent. I mean, there's another Norman Hoodis film called Carry On Regardless, which is a sort of real curate's egg. It's a, about helping hands agency that, that does anything for anybody really if they're paid. Um, but um, there's a line in that where basically they're all out of work. All the gangs in it, Kenneth Connor and. Uh, uh, Terence Longdon and Sir James and all those guys um, and it's um, Liz Fraser's very first carry on and um, she's teamed up with Joan Sims in it and there's a line <clears throat> when they're going to the um, unemployment agency and there's a men's section and a women's section and there's the line they say well I can do a man's job and I will too as well and, they, and there's little moments like that you think well yeah and, and, and the very fact they're in, they're in part of that gang you know, there, there, are, there are women in that gang mm. and, and, the, and the likes of Joan Sims and Hattie Jakes who were brilliant, you know, comedy actors uh, were, were given decent parts, which wasn't often the case in British films at that time. Uh, certainly British television. You look at someone like Monty Python, uh, you, know, you know, they played the parts themselves <laughs> and, and, they, and they gave Carol Cleveland nothing. But I mean, but the point is they are, they are perceived as a more intellectually, you know, worthy uh, comedy um, mm. collective mm. Um, than the carry-on people. And I think the carry-ons were, were just doing things purely by little sort of clever moments like that, little clever lines. Even a later film like Carry On Girls, which is a ho- horrendously misogynistic film uh, in great sways of it. And, and, and the baddie, if you like, is, is Jim Whitfield as, as this almost like Mary Whitehouse figure trying to sort of stop this uh, uh, beauty contest happening. 
but but the beauty contestants themselves aren't just silly dolly birds. You know, the Barbara Windsors and the Margaret Nolans and the Valerie Leons. They've got some stuff to say. They've got some decent, you know, you know, quite quite um, feminist dialogue going on in there. But uh, all wrapped up in this this crazy eighty five minute saucy postcard you know mm. um so so yeah, they, they do drop in those little moments and but but people don't expect that mm. and so it comes as a surprise sometimes yeah. if you see these little things that pop up because you think carry on oh it's just going to be tits and bums yeah. and you know trousers falling down which it is a lot of the time to be fair <laughs> but, um, and, and yeah exactly yes. daffodils yeah. up bums exactly yeah <laughs> which is beautifully referencing carry on doctor 10 years later if you watch carry on doctor with guest star frankie howard for the first time there's a lovely scene when Frankie's in the hospital bed with his with his rear um, poking towards the ceiling, and uh, the nurse comes in. Valerie Van Ost plays the nurse and comes in with this lovely vase of daffodils, and he says, "Oh no, no, don't do that! I saw that film, <laughs> you know." And it's like, God, they're referencing Carry On Nurse in Carry On Doctor. It's brilliant. It's just it's just referencing the fact we're just making a load of crazy films here, you know. And it's it's a lovely little intertextuality moment there. Yeah, he's sort of sneaking in social commentary where mm. you least expect it, kind of hiding it behind a bunch of knob jokes that's yeah that's yeah, very clever it's much cleverer than i gave these films credit for i have to say <laughs> i knew we could sway you eventually well <laughs> i've still you know st- carry on camping and carry on cleo now that's that's one that i did have You're putting to a look phrase, at is that a problem well you oh, see really? now, yes, that, come on that's a glorious right, script, so though. my <laughs> sphere of expertise is films about cleopatra oh there you go okay so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep quiet. This yeah, um, I, I, I was focusing primarily on the historical epics, but I did need to watch kind of films that, that dealt with it in some way. And I think it's a really interesting um, way of dealing with it prim- for the, the fact that it inverts the Mark Antony and Caesar um, kind of dyadic relationship. Mm. Oh, God, I'm full of these terms tonight. I apologise completely. It's good. I mean, um, it's a lovely juxtaposition for listeners who've yes. tuned into this. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. We're talking we'll about the masculine dyad of Caesar the, Mark Anthony. The Anthony. spirit of Gerald Thomas is loving this, believe me. Because he was a real cinephile, Gerald Thomas. So to be disgusted in these terms, you'd be tickled pink, believe me. So, yeah, yeah but then you have sort of, the, you have the, these, um, I, I, I can't, for the life of me, remember the actress who played Cleopatra. Amanda in, Barry. Thank yeah, you yeah. very much. Amanda Barry. How could I forget? Um, and she's playing this Sort of, and I, I, I do understand. I mean, my, I, you know, that this is kind of referencing broader political context at the time in quite a clever way. Yeah. But at the same time, Cleopatra, one of the most phenomenally intelligent women to have ever ruled, particularly in her time, and she's being sort of reduced to this kind of ditzy, sort of bug-eyed. Um, oh, isn't everything a bit too complicated for me? Um, so I have endless issues <laughs> no it's true it's, it's funny though um, because it was written originally for Barbara Windsor to play which would have been a very different performance uh, uh, to what Amanda uh, Barry uh, gives to the part but it's interesting if you if you, which I have done um, if you run it on the same day with uh, Cleopatra the Elizabeth Taylor Cleopatra which it was aping uh, obviously completely it, it it's it's so well done it's such a clever spoof of that film it's not it's not it's not designed to be historically you know accurate no, obviously no. And, it, and it doesn't achieve that at all um but um i'm treading on eggshells here i'll be very careful but but as a, as a as a filmic parody it works really well and i think i think in terms of the script it's probably got more more laughs or more jokes per minute than than any of the others and in terms of performances as i mentioned before kenneth williams is extraordinary in it i think oh, Charles infamy, infamy, is, got it's just infamy. wonderful yeah, of course. which is it's a cliche now but that wasn't that was that was a pin, that was a line pinch from a radio show but i always i always try and plug the fact it was written by dennis norden <laughs> and frank Moore uh, rather than tolly well, because Tolly did acknowledge it, but it's gone down in history as, as Tolly's line and, and the greatest one-liner of all time. But it was a a, a line from a Jimmy Edwards um, radio show called "Take It From Here." But um, but it's, you know it's fun. But um, as I say, if it's if it's your if, if that's your thing, 
I'm sure you're going to be cringing every time you see it. So I, I, I shall I shall bow away from the mic. To, to be fair, <laughs> it's not the worst filmic adaptation of Cleopatra's story that I've ever Which seen. Which is the worst, as a matter of interest? Oh, there is a 1999 TV miniseries called Cleopatra based on a really good book okay. about her. But it's just called Cleopatra and it's shockingly bad. It's just horrible. And you played Cleo in that um, one? Cleopatra, sorry. Oh, <laughs> Le- Leonora. Leonore Varela. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you want to plug your book while you're here? So yeah. Can read all about <laughs> Mark Anthony and Popular Culture by Rachel Kelly, available from all good bookshops. I'm going to buy a copy of that. That sounds great. <laughs> Seriously, no. I'm, I'm yeah, one of the things about that, that that first film is actually the characterization. I think it, it's rather wonderfully done. Everything is quite subtle, and rather than a lot of exposition, you kind of come in and these caricatures are all perfectly formed. Mm. Within a couple of seconds, you get a really good impression of Kenneth Williams' character, just for the fact he's he's lying there lounging on that bed and it's totally beautifully interesting. Yeah, beautifully played. Yeah, he's probably mm. one of his best performances. James Bailey. And it says James Bailey, BSc Economics. Yes. You're ranked <laughs> as a matter of opinion and all that. I mean, it's really, yeah. really well done. I earned yeah. my degree, that sort of thing. You know, yeah, it was given to me. I earned my degree you know, and all line. that. And yeah. you think, God, this is cleverly it's, done stuff. Yeah. You know, this is basically just, just bulking against authority and saying, look, we, we, we are men here. We shouldn't be doing this. We mm. are different people thrown into this mad barrack room together. But by process of just getting on and getting the job done, they, they, they do achieve it and they, and they gel as, as, a, as a unit and they gelled as a team of actors and they gelled as a unit, you know, in that film. But don't forget, you know, once you jump into like film four when Sid James joins the gang, you've got the, 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 um, the Tony Hancock, Hancock's half hour mm-hmm. team pretty much back together. You've got uh, Sid James and Kenneth Williams and Hattie Jakes. And you've also got people like Kenneth Connor uh, and Ted Ray, who'd been in Carry On Teacher together, who'd done loads of radio together. So they'd all known each other pretty much anyway. They'd been doing sort of, I don't know, summer seasons or, or um, you know, radio shows or telly shows together. So, so as a gang of actors, they, they, they knew each other's work. But, you know, over the course of those 20 years, when, you know, most of them did most of them, um, they, they really did gel as a, as a, as a well, you know, honed um, comedy collective. And, uh, yeah. Sergeants, as you say, hits the floor running. They just look so at ease together. You know, even the ones that don't do many. I mean, uh, Gerald Campion did it. Who was um, uh, Billy Bunter on, on TV? He's only in the very first one, but he's he's pretty good. He works well mm. in it. You know, and but the guys that did stand the course, people like Kenneth Williams and Kenneth Connor, although they missed some, um, were in the very first one and the very last of the original run, Emmanuel in '78. So to, to to bridge twenty years of doing these things, you know, no wonder they got a bit frustrated with them. But plus, um, plus stage shows, plus stage shows, shows and telly and all that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But also, they, but, uh, clever producers would cast them in like summer seasons. They would mm. do things like Stop It, Nurse in in Torquay in the late sixties, and they, they'd get Bernard Breslau and Charles Hawtrey and Kenneth Connor together. You mm. think, oh my god, it's like half the Carry on team, you know, you can you can eat some candy floss and get some fish and chips and see some carry on people on the same day. I mean, it's one of my one of my most thrilling days of my life. Where they did a, a thing called um, What a Carry On in Blackpool in 1992, <clears throat> and I just purposely went to Blackpool to see this thing because it was Bernard Breslau and Barbara Windsor together uh-huh. doing this unofficial uh-huh. carry on thing. And it was gloriously rubbish, but um, <laughs> just had the best time. Anyway, <laughs> everything like ca- casting uh, William Hartnell in this is, is quite a you know, it's quite a clever move. I mean, he's he's already very well established as an actor in these kinds of parts. Mm. So when you take someone from that that's already, I suppose, 
a star and a very sort of loose sense of thing, you stick him into this little world that yeah. does give you a sort of expectation and allows the humour to play. But you forget, nice. he, was a ma- he was a massive star in, the, in uh, sort of between the wars. I mean, late late 30s, early 30s, he was doing the, sort of pretty much James Cagney mm. style stuff in British films. He was a big, big star. And then he became a character actor, things like The, uh, the Way Ahead and those sort of things. He became the go-to person to play sergeants, basically. And because I mentioned before the army game, he was playing the, um, the, the sergeant in the army game. Um, so he, w- as you say, it was a shorthand, really. You know, people knew Kenneth Williams from Radio Comedy. They 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 knew Charles Hawtrey from the Will Hay films. You know, they they'd already sort of they'd already got their types already sort of down pat. So so you stick them all in one film, and and and, and it's instant comedy. You know, Kenneth Connor was was well loved. He would guest on the Goon Show and that sort of thing. But, but a, a go to brilliant comedy voice man. You know, mm. um, so so they they weren't stars as such, but they were certainly familiar people. Um, and uh, it was it was just beautifully cast, and then they just you know just kept coming back for more for for fifteen twenty years, depending on on how long they could stick it. But um, yeah, <clears throat> let's talk about Columbus. Seeing as you've mentioned it, <laughs> okay, it's, yeah, it's no, a film I'm, I'm actually very fond of. I'm, I'm, I've probably I'm talked about before. I'm fond of it too. Yeah, we we, we bonded out. I think, I think <laughs> we're, the, we're, we're, the, we're the last two survivors actually liked it. I think. Um, it, it, what do you want to talk about, Columbus? Well, in, in what respect? I mean, we, we, I mean, at some point they're going to have to stick it out on proper DVD for well, a Well, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm very keen to do that. I mean, because it's a, a rubbishy version out there now. Uh, the problem with Columbus is it's the orphan carry on. So, so it's made by Island World. Um, uh, the only one that Peter Rogers didn't produce, he exec produced it. Um, but John Goldstone, who'd done um, uh, Monty Python's Life of Brian and uh, uh, the Peter Cook, uh, Dudley Moore, Hound of the Baskervilles, he produced it. And and it, I mean, it's interesting. The problem was, I, and I think I said at the time, and I certainly said in in, um, in various books, there's just so much baggage in that film. 14 years is a long time to go without. I'm sorry, it's a carry on. Um, 14 <laughs> years is a long time um, with no oh, carry on at all. And and when you think that the, you, the TV shows and there were stage shows from 1958 through to 1978, I mean, there was at least one film a year, sometimes two, sometimes three. Mm. There were there were films that weren't carry ons that were made by Gerald Thomas and Peter Rogers and starred some of the team. So there's things like The Big Job, which is Sid James, Joan Sims, Jim Dale. Uh, there's Raising the Wind, which is Kenneth Williams, Leslie Phillips, Liz Fraser. There, there were carry on style comedies in between the carry-ons um, so it was a blanket and don't forget they were on TV as well so from the late 70s they're on TV a lot mm. um, and then suddenly obviously a lot of the team had died as well um, and um, uh, a lot of the team didn't want to come back the, the survivors didn't want to come back to do Columbus and they were certainly offered some parts not particularly good parts but they were offered some parts so so it had a lot to live up to this is the problem with franchises and with any kind of yeah. established brand like that. When you try and revitalize it, there is this temptation. You've got to kind of pay homage to the past. You've got to kind of reference it because yeah. there's an existing fan base that's there. But you've got to do something new with it Absolutely. as well. Which they tried to do. And I, I think in some respects it worked really well. I think someone like Rick Mayo, for example, God bless him, uh, who is superb in it. Um, and I think Julian Clary works really well in it too. Others, no names, no Patrick, are less good in it from the, from the young guys. Um, Jim Dale for me just holds the whole thing together like like beautiful carry-on cement i mean he is just fabulous in it um but other than that i mean yeah it's it's a it's a tricky one as you say you've you've got it you've got to pay tribute to the past maybe they did a bit too much of that 
or maybe they're not enough. Maybe they just fell between the two it's stalls. A, oh, it's, I see it's not yeah. one because I mean, for me, thinking about it and watching it, Jim Dale is very definitely the old carry on that's there in it. Yeah, um, yeah, you've got other people like Leslie Phillips and, and John well, Bernard Cribbins is quite big. I mean, Bernard Cribbins well, yeah, is quite Bernard a decent part. Now, but but again, Cribbins hadn't done one since 1964. <laughs> you know, so it's not even even and as you said before, the 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 the, um, the ones that were on TV a lot of the times were the later ones. Mm. So that so the ones that that Bernard Cribbins had made, he only made two carry on Jack, which was the very first historical one and, and sort of like Spanish Armada sort of parody, um, sort of English uh, naval thing, um, and Carry On Spying, which is a brilliant sort of uh, mm. uh, spoof of James Bond, but done via sort of film noir, really. It's more sort of Third Man and, and Casablanca than, than, than um, From Russia With Love, but it's a beautiful film. But he made those two films, you know, nearly 30 years before Columbus. So unless you were like you and I, Robert, a sort of diehard, you know, aficionados and had seen them all pretty much, then you wouldn't even know you'd been in them. Probably. But is this not that perception as well that people have this idea about what a carry-on is? And I think they yeah. lump a lot of those kind of British comedians together. So mm. someone like Frankie Hart, who was apparently originally cast in this and died just before he did indeed, filming yes. started. He was going to play the King of Spain, yeah. I mean, Frankie's only in a couple of films in the carry-on season, in, in the carry-on franchise anyway. Sure, sure. So he's, in some respects, he's an odd choice to have. But also, as you say, people get confused what carry-ons are. Well, Pompeii, it's all to see all about yeah, Pompeii, isn't Pompeii it? Is <laughs> written by the yeah. written by Tommy Rothbard, so it is very much carry-on anyway. Mm-hmm. And 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 he also was very hot in 1992. I use that, he that was, phrase. He, he was. He, he, I was. I was one of. The, I was a Frankie Panky. I'll have you know, <laughs> um, because I was at university when he did that last sort of two or three years of, of live um, routines, and uh, I saw him uh, at least six times at the Lyric Hammersmith in 1990, 1990. Um, and um, yeah, I, he, he was suddenly, you know, reclaimed by by the nation's youth and and lauded and celebrated by the likes of Ben Elton and, and those sort of mm. young guys. Um, so Frankie Howard was very much almost like a contemporary, you know, colossus. who also had the benefit of and, and done so a couple a really in the good past. For, for a bridging, choice. bridging actor. I mean, death, you swine. How <laughs> dare you come along? I mean, it's very sad because Jim Dale obviously was based in America as he is now, but he was certainly based in America then, um, having done Barnum on Broadway and all those sort of things. So he, he, he'd, um, uh, Learned and was and and sort of um uh, rehearsed those lines with the King of Spain with Frankie Howard in mind because him and Frank were good pals and they had the same agent at one point. Um, so so uh, yeah, so but it was Leslie Phillips who, who came in at the last minute, but again, Leslie Phillips hadn't done one since 1959, <laughs> you know. You think crying out loud, I mean, no one remembers Leslie Phillips being in the carry ons, but he'd done the Doctor films, so, so again, they were produced by, by Peter Rogers' wife, Betty Box, and directed by Gerald Thomas's brother, Rafe Thomas, so they were very much carry on in feel as well. Uh. Um, so yeah, but I mean, it was as I say, I love, I do love Columbus, I had issues with it at the time because I think. I was younger and, you know, more demanding in those days. And I, and I was so excited about it. But, but having watched it again, obviously, several times over the years, it, 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 does, it does give a lot of pleasure. I mean, it's, 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 it's not the best made film in the world. It was made in four weeks, which was the quickest they ever took some, to do a carry-on. It was mainly, usually six weeks, sometimes eight weeks if they had a push. But to do a film in four weeks, oh, life. I mean... Seriously, but you know, it, it it sort of shows the fact that it was also Gerald Thomas's last film. He passed away the year later, um, so it yeah, it, it, there's there's lots of things that are wrong with it. But I I I, I do take a lot out of it, and I, I love it. Yeah. So I asked this for a reason. So before I get back to Rob, because as you can see, I did tell you, Rachel, Rob knows the stuff, and 
I told you I do. I will talk too much. <laughs> you can put a ma- put a mask around my face now. No, um, <clears throat> so there is always talk of considering these franchises are something that have perceptions, and they're always talk about them kind of coming back. Carry mm. on as one of those franchises mm. that endlessly they talk about bringing back again. Now, as someone who's not an aficionado. <laughs> Yes. What's your perception of that and what would you expect from a modern day carry on and what would you want from one or would you even want one? That's a, a leading question. really good question and I wish I'd had time to think about an answer for this. <laughs> That's um, not how this works. We've <laughs> <laughs> done these long enough. Okay, so I think just off the top of my head, I, I just feel like we're in the era of reboots at the minute where a lot of franchises are being revived but mm. they're being revived with that kind of we're so much cooler these days spin on them I'm mm. thinking about the likes of Superman I'm thinking about the likes of Batman I'm thinking about um, all of these sort of beloved uh, franchises that are associated with um, sort of 1960s mm. camp to a certain extent so could one do and this is going to sound like a ridiculous phrase but a straight carry on revival at this stage I, I, well I, I, I Arguably, I mean, if you go, I mean, this is part of the reason as well for picking Sergeant is, is yeah. where we start on this conversation today. When you look back at those earlier films, they are somewhat straighter than I think yeah. most people's no, perceptions. No, I agree, but do people, but do people perceive that as being I, carry I, on? Do, do you mean that, can you do a straight carry on, as in, can you do like a 1971 carry yeah, on? Yeah, basically. I, I, yeah, yeah the, the carry on that people yeah, yeah. think of, you know, the, the Barbara yeah, Windsor yeah. with the brass. I think, I think you off. get away with some of those. They, 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 there are some horrendous jokes in there. I mean, my, I do a, I do a live show. I tour, I tour anywhere that, that pays me um, with a show about the carry-ons. And I get a lot of people who are pure, just like uh, blind, blind faith carry-on, you know, nutters who love it, love it, love it. But I do, I do try and address the, 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 the homophobic stuff in it, which it, there's not as much as, as, as there's, there's a lot of racism stuff in that gets in. There's, there's an awful lot of misogyny that gets in. And I, and I do address that. And I get like sort of gasped with like sort of hatred from some people. I was like, well, you've, got, <laughs> you've, you've got to acknowledge it. Yeah. But they do get away with it somehow because they're on TV still. Now, you would never mm. dream of getting stuff like Benny Hill on, who that's another show you can talk about. But, you know, but they don't show Benny Hill. They do not show Dick Henry. They will not show um, um, an Enoch Otman. But they do show the carry-ons, and they show the carry-ons for the very good reason they've never been off television, and they've almost like they get away with those those off-colour jokes somehow. But what would happen, I think, if they did them now, you would do like you mentioned, Robert. That you reflect the time; they all reflect their time. Sergeant is very much a nineteen fifty-eight film, which is a lovely film to watch, but it's it's rooted in nineteen fifty-eight. Carry On Screaming, although it's an Edwardian sort of parody of the Hammer Horror film, is very much set in 1966. You know, so so they are of their period. So if you did one in 2019, it would have to be about 2019 and have the mentality of 2019, mm. but with innuendos in it. So so you so you do, but you but you can do. You can, the, the Prince songs have got innuendo in them. They're still Brexit great. They're still great art. They're still oh, great God. art. Don't mention you. You mentioned the B words. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, I'm going back there next week. I can't. I don't want. I want to say here. Anyway, um, but you, you, so, here, you no, 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 there's an essence of carry on that goes through all of those 31 films and the TV shows. There's there's an essence to it, and it's in the performance. They're, they're larger than life, but brilliantly played. So you've got to cast really good comedy actors. You've got to have some sort of smutty, you know, 
titter behind the hand sort of comedy. But if you did it in 2019, you'd have to sort of, you know, address that and not and not not do a sort of a, a send up of that, but do it in a certain sort of like postmodern irony sort of way. So that's what I was going to ask yeah. about, because, you know, that that innuendo and that kind of smutty joke thing is very much of its time and very mm. much about what you could get away with at the time. Yeah. Whereas these days... You, you know, you can drop the f bomb and still barely, you know, get a you know a twelve A certificate. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's um, different times, and you know, we have um, a thing called torture porn now. So I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that you know, the, the screen is just drenched in smut and gore um, these mm. days. So it's it's very different kind of expectations from the audience. That kind of almost gentler approach to yeah, you know, we've yeah. got to laugh behind our hands because you know we we can't get away with saying willy but, but yeah exactly well you just did look at that it's I did, um, but um it's 2019, but you, you see. <laughs> exactly you can say what you like yeah. um but i think the point is that because uh the old carry-ons are on tv still as i mentioned before that they, they they haven't gone away so that comedy is like a, a little little sort of uh, time capsule from a from a from a, a saucier age really and i think you but you've got to be careful to do that to to let's say you remake one let's say you you you, you just grab carry on camping and remake it word for word with a with obviously a different cast because they're all gone uh, most of them um you couldn't do that because because those jokes coming out of a 2019 comedy actor's mouth just would not work mm. they only work if you watch it in a 1968 con text and it's Sid James and Bernard Breslau doing it. I don't know don't ask me why but it just it works in that in that historical context and you you almost take it out of the archives and you run it and it's okay if you have the mentality to to unpick it and see why it works. But to try and do a carry on camping verbatim in 2019 would be a disaster. But that kind of um I mean you sort of referenced it earlier on when you talk about the, the sort of the theatrical productions that these guys mm. are involved in outside maybe the carry on world that kind of slightly saucy um, seaside theatre touring productions yeah, that go yeah. on. I mean, a lot of those plays are still performed up and down the country sure, today. Absolutely, and they're still getting good audiences. Uh, so, I mean, is absolutely. there still a market? For no, there, that there stuff? is. But, you, but I, I'm obviously, my, as you know, my, my my girlfriend's an actor, and we, and we tour all around the place, and 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 we do see certain shows that are you know almost almost billed as you know a. a, a a combination of, of dirty rugby songs and a carry-on film. I mean, it's still you know, 1955 it's, somewhere. It, it is absolutely <laughs> yes, yes. Croydon, no, it's not. But um, <laughs> no, but but it but it but it is, and I and I think they they do work. But a life thing is is different now. Mm. The, uh, Robert Rothwell, who who wrote what people well, I suppose would consider the the, the the most famous carry-ons like Carry On Doctor and Camping and Up the Kyber and all those, as well as Up Pompeii, he he actually thought it wouldn't work on TV. Because he he saw Carol as a, as a filmic thing, um, but because it worked on TV, then obviously you know loads of those seventy sitcoms would either inject Carry On people into them, like you know Sid James into Bless His House, or they would be sort of quite smutty, ain't off hot mum sort of stuff, or are you being served sort of stuff, you know, which you know just just ran and ran with all the smut. Um, but I think on st- on stage it works because you're in a different situation mm-hmm. and, and and you can you can run an old. Ray Cooney farce and almost said it in 1962 on the stage and you can get away with it and, mm. and chuck a couple of old sitcom actors in for marquee value and you've got a you've got a runway you know half week sort of tour the country sort of thing um but it's it's film is a different thing and as you said you know it it, it really it, it can be um a tricky beast to get right if you particularly if you resurrect now I mentioned before about the gap between Emmanuel and Columbus was 14 years it's now 20 
six years, 27 years since Columbus. And, and, and yeah, I mean, they're still talking about doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, so for anyone who's not being not aware of this, Robert, your name has been attached mm-hmm. to Carry On London. I don't means, know what you're talking about. Carry On um, which is the... Well, it's not, it's, yes, Carry On Whatever yes. version, that, yes. whatever, whatever has yeah. passed for that title now. That, I mean, they've been talking about doing this since at least the early 2000s under yes. that title. 2003. Was, was Britney Spears yeah. at one point associated with this? Um, I seem to recall. Everybody else was. Um, yeah, th- there was a point when, yes, it, it's it's a and tricky it one. It looked like a few years ago, once again, this was mm-hmm. very close to happening. I, I keep on looking at this in terms of sort of my own areas of... Well, we, we've been films. friends a long time, so I mean, you know, you, you've you you've known the, the the ins and outs of this yeah. over the last I don't know, six seven years or so, haven't you? So yeah, I mean, so I don't want to I don't want to kind of go into all that stuff. No, for, no, for no, no, not all that. No, no, I'm not I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking but, about the logistics. You should it, folks. It's the, 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 <laughs> we'll do the X-rated version of this later. Um, uh, the logistics of getting it done. I mean, you you know that you know the the, the the pre-production life of any film is 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 torturous, but but this is so torturous. Um, but yeah, I mean they. they but it's, it's always been the case. They were talking about in the, in the 80s about mm. doing them. You know, there's never been a time when they not talked about doing carry-ons in those gaps. And the, the crazy thing is we're now, we're now 61 years since carry-on Sergeant. We are, we are 41 years since Emmanuel. There's been one film in 41 years, wow. and we're still talking about it. That's, that's, it's, that's it says a lot thing. about the brand. I mean, the brand yeah. itself is a good, solid brand that mm. obviously still has an interest and there is an audience out there for it. It's just how you yeah. then develop it and keep it alive. And is it something that at this stage... Uh, obviously, you know, you can't really comment on this because you're sort of involved with it. But I mean, yeah. is it something that people see just as a heritage thing now? Or is it something that actually still has life? Going and, concern. And, and, yeah, yeah, going concern. But but with I, I always I always look at it. My my, my great pitch is it's, it's got to have one foot in 1962 and one foot in 2019. It's got it's got to have the, the, the history of it. That's why I do it. You mm-hmm. must just do a, a comedy film and call it something else. If you're going to call a thing carry on, you've got to you've got to pay respect to the fallen, really, for want of a better phrase. And, and you, you, you cannot make a carry-on without acknowledging the work of, of particularly um, the, the main cast that, that a general audience would know and love, the Kenneth Williams and Hattie Jakes and, and Joan Sims and Terry Scott and Peter Butterworth and all these glorious people that, that made that team work. But also the, the, the two chief writers, Norman Hoodis and Tom Rothwell, and particularly uh, the director, Gerald Thomas. You just can't not acknowledge those people. Um, so, so yeah, it, there will be little references and, and things, but not too many. Not not to sort of like sink it in mud. It's like, but but why does every franchise that comes back? Why does Star Wars put the old guys in, and why does Ghostbusters put the old guys in? Because they want to be seen. Because because fans out there want to see Dan Aykroyd in Ghostbusters, even if it's just one beautiful little cameo at the end. It gives you a joyous kick. So if you're going to do carry on whatever. If there's anybody left by the time we actually get around <laughs> to do it, and we had a pretty bad year last year, bless, and we lost a few, a lot last year. Um, but um, you, you, of course, you'd want Jim Dale to pop up there somewhere, wouldn't you? I mean, that's why do it. Um, but you've got to yeah. get a daffodil between somebody's uh, arse cheeks. Well, 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 that's going to happen tonight, that's regardless <laughs> well, of the, yeah. regardless <laughs> of the Carry On film. I'm on that later. But this is um, audio yeah. only. You know, how do we know we don't have no, daffodils? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I know. You just sure. I, 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 I've, got, I've got a good view of this. I can see what's going on down there. Anyway, um, no, but but seriously, folks, um, it's got to get smutty at some point. Um, I, I think, as I say, you, you can't do it unless you reference the history of Carry On. And and as you said, Robert, the, the the franchise is so strong still. If you say Carry On to anybody, they they've got an idea what it is, mm. be it incorrect or not they've got a they've got a basic concept of what you should have in that film um so if you don't deliver that they won't come back for the second one or 
the 33rd one. It was, it was, <laughs> are we including all the documentary type things? And well, the no, I'm, well, there's, 30, there's 31 features. So, so, so this, the next one will be carry on 32 um, that, feature films. But, you know, there, there was a series of, of sitcoms in the, the mid 70s called Carry On Laughing, which was different from the compilation show of the same name. Uh, the four carry on Christmases um, uh, plus a, a, a fifth one if you like a sort of compilation called Carry On Laughing's Christmas Classics which Kenneth Williams and Barbara Windsor hosted in 1983 so there's loads of stuff you know I mean there's there's novelizations of, of there's continuations of the films in novel form there's all sorts of crazy stuff you can buy Carry On Camping Salad Servers and, <laughs> and Carry On Henry Poker chips and, you can and toss your own salad with carry on. Oh, you, you certainly can, darling. There you, you go. There can. you go. You I've look got how pleased he is with his face. My, 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 my cottage so is full of face. nonsense. I've got a little, little bobblehead Sid James's and all sorts of uh, terrible tat. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they 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 were they were branded. You know, you, you they 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 were franchise. They they weren't. As you said, it's one-off film. Once, once you've got the second one, once you've got a series going, mm. they really went for it and they really sold it, and, and internationally too. Um, you know, most countries would would acknowledge Carry On. You can go on eBay and find loads of foreign language posters for for all the Carry Ons, and they did do really well. They still do. They they show on TV all around the world. So um, yeah, it's big business. I hope that's whetted some people's appetites. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> Robert, I, think I didn't like, do one of those jokes all the way through. I was I thought, really well paid. That's the office. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, which of your books should people be buying? Because there <laughs> all are many. Of them, all of them. There are many, um, which, which, um, which are still in print well, at present. Yeah, well, the first one I wrote, I think it's out of print now, but um, was the Carry On Companion, which I wrote in 1996, which is, oh, God, a long I time ago. I have that. So you, thank you, darling. Um, which ran to, to, to seven <laughs> editions. I'll sign it later. Um, I think probably the best one I did was called The Carry On Story, which was 2005, I think, which was the one I always wanted to do, which was the hardback sort of colour illustrations. And it was, it was a fun one. That was for a, a now defunct publishing house called Reynolds & Hearn. Um, but I've done other stuff on not carry on. Well. Well, I believe there's a bit coming out very soon, isn't there? Thank you. Not British comedy. Forgotten oh, heels of comedy. Oh, so, sorry. so there's international stuff in there too. There's, yeah, I, I, it's mainly mainly British to be fair, and American, but a few other things as well. And that's been a labour of love I've been working on for oh gosh, twenty years um, with um, with uh, lovely Terry Jones and. Um, so this this quickly plug this idea because I do a, I do a show about that as well um, called Forgotten Heroes of Comedy. So well, go to my plugging, website robertross.co.uk. You see the dates there. <laughs> um, but I I had an Indian and Terry Jones, bless him, uh, loves his booze and loves his his Indian food. And, and we I would spend a lot of time with him. We got very lashed one night and we were playing his old um, collection of seventy eight um, records, RPM records. And he has this lovely collection of old musical um, acts. And he played a record by a guy called Ronald Franco, who was like a nice 1930s sort of quite smutty but sophisticated smutty um, comedian who I knew um, from from research and whatever and he was he was amazing you can't know him he's been dead for you know 50 years or something I said yeah but I know him he said, he said well he's a forgotten hero you should you should write a book called Forgotten Heroes of Comedy and I'll write the forward for you uh, and fast forward 20 years because we couldn't get a publisher frankly but I, it's coming through Unbound which is a, a sort of crowdfunding um, um, publisher uh, and it's finally coming out um, 
I've I've now finished it. It's it's like that. It's like a, a scab I can't leave alone. I just keep on going back, and you know this with writing books on you, Rachel. Oh yes. Um, you just you just once you let it go into the wild, it's gone forever. And that's when you do all of the best proofreading, and you find the commas and the apostrophes <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you've yeah, missed. Yeah, yeah. When you see that, when that first copy comes through the door, and you think, oh yeah. no, yeah. you yeah. know. And people, friends, there's a friend of mine, bless him, Alan Coles, who who, 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 who delights in. Spotting the mistake, <laughs> and uh, it's not like you know, you kids now with your websites, you can just change it and it's there. Okay, but once the book's out in the wild, it's done. Um, but uh, but no, so it's it's finally done. It's um, it's it should be out either the end of this year or probably more likely next year now. But um, it's it's I've not wanted to rush it. It's been one of those joys to do. So yeah, that's that's a fun one. And then the other one I was I was I'm quite pr- very proud of is about Marty Feldman, who I did a book about. Um, it's a very good book. Uh, about ten years about ten years ago now. Um, uh, which, which which was a delight because I'm a huge fan of Marty and there had never been a book about him uh, up to that point. Um, and it, it became a play uh, called Jeepers Creepers and that's how I met my girlfriend who, who played Loretta Feldman in it. So you say, thanks, Marty. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it was, it's, it's been, it's been a, fun old, a funny old way to make a living, as John Fisher once said, but it's, but it's been a joy. So there we go. And basically, you can also see you in anything that comes up on the telly box about carry-ons, and you're on Talking Pictures. Talking Pictures, I do a a regular sort of uh, interview show, uh, and there's more coming of those, I think, at some point. Um, And uh, I'm basically the person they drag in for those, you know, uh, cheap and cheerful clip shows on a Christmas Eve on Channel 5. I'll pop up on those all the time, uh, 50 funniest moments or whatever. But but they're they're fun. And, you know, it's about the Karens as well. I wrote that first book purely because I got so annoyed and so miffed that the mistakes were being made in, in reference books. And, and the carry-ons, love them or loathe them, they are important social comedy documents. And, and they were so uh, mistreated and, and, and sort of looked down upon, really, by, by, by scholarly film books. And Halliwell's Film Girl's Companion, which was my Bible, just, just gave the whole series like a little column about an inch long and gave them naught stars, all of them. <laughs> they're not... They're not they're not equal. <laughs> yeah. They are not all worth naught stars. You know, Carry On Up the Kyber is clearly a much better film than Carry On England in every single way. You can't you can't say they're all as good or as bad as each other. They are they are different films. So that got my goat. So that's why I sat down and wrote the first book um, purely to 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 get it right, really. Um, and it was yeah. So I've been doing this lark for twenty twenty three twenty four years now. So. My dad would. My dad's turning his grade now, saying he's still saying, "Get a proper job, <laughs> get a proper job." Anyway, Robert, thank you very much. For my absolute today. pleasure. Thank you very much for asking me, Rachel. Have I convinced you that carry-ons are worth looking at a bit more? Do you know I'm going to have a look at a few more of them? I genuinely enjoyed Sergeant and Nurse, which was a complete surprise to me. So yeah, I'm going to look at a few more of them. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Folks, thanks very much for listening. As per usual, you can find out more, interact with us. Uh, you can get us on Facebook, on Instagram, we're at CinePunk Film on Instagram, everywhere else we're at CinePunk. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, we've also got our podcast that you're listening to right now. Download it, uh, tell your friends, share it away, write some reviews, say something nice. Um, Argue with us on Twitter. We do like arguments, don't we? We do like arguments. What <laughs> um, you do? I, I like arguments. So uh, I've, I've been Robert J. Simpson, uh, joined as usual by Dr. Rachel Kelly. Thank you. Our special guest, Robert Ross. Thank you very much. And thanks once again to Ben Simpson for all his sterling work in making us sound Great. halfway as tolerable. <laughs> as you, you, you hope. I hope. <laughs> Honestly, we sound much better once he's involved. <laughs> uh, folks, until the next time, see you soon. <laughs>